0: This is in the zone. Ooh, we got Charlie Hunter Malay! Woo! Stop cheating! Stop tape! Ah! like in the zone network city to city state to state worldwide you're listening to the in the zone network Welcome to another episode of the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price, uh, checking in today on what has been a very eventful week in the NBA. Um, you've got preseason action in full effect. We're about 10 days away from opening night here of the regular season. Uh, so a lot of storylines to track, but as you know, we here at the Price Check Podcast love uh, showing some love to those who secure the bag. One man in particular, Mr. Kyle Lowry, of the defending champion Toronto Raptors, just secured a bag of his own one year $31 $31 million extension uh, that will basically take him off of the upcoming free agent market um, and allow him to test the waters in 2021. So, shout out to Kyle. Um, no matter how you feel about him as a player, you do have to give him respect on just the simple fact of how he goes about the game every day. Uh, definitely plays hard, tenacious, uh, and just, you know, good all around guy that, as you can see, contributes to uh, championship type of basketball. So, um, another quick shout out. That I do want to give to Mr. Joe Johnson. Still in the league, still getting checks. Shout out to him for securing the bag. Still just uh, basically parlay being the big three MVP into another roster spot here for the Detroit Pistons. So uh, shout out to Joe Johnson as well. But the big story that we have been tracking here in the NBA as of late is this whole controversy with uh, the country of China. And um, Something that got started because of a tweet that was sent out by Houston Rockets GM, Daryl Morey. So we're going to unpack this thing slowly but surely because a lot of folks like myself up until a few days ago didn't really understand the true history and the nature behind um, you know, the protests and things that are going on in Hong Kong right now and uh, how that affects the country of China as a whole. So making a very, very long story short, the city of Hong Kong has never really been under Chinese control. Uh, Up until 1997, it was a British colony, uh, famous time in 1997 known as the handover. Uh, The UK basically handed over the control of the city of Hong Kong to the People's Republic of China. At that point, China labeled them what's called a special administrative region uh, which basically keeps them uh, being able to operate as their own entity in a sense that operate uh, you know their government and their economy separate from that of the rest of the country of China so recently here in the last five to six years what has happened is that lawmakers in the city of Hong Kong have slowly but surely pushed different laws and uh, bills that would in I guess for lack of a better phrase, basically turn them into a city that starts to slowly but surely operate like the country of China, uh, which would, you know, kind of be. Contradictory to what the whole Purpose was of them operating as a a Separate entity in the first place So you've seen these different protests And things from the citizens in Hong Kong uh, Specifically about A bill that was I guess Proposed earlier this year uh, That would allow fugitives From Hong Kong and surrounding Areas to be extradited um, Should they be found In places like China and Taiwan So um, And I guess slight disclaimer here Taking the politics out of all of this And trying to give all the facts for those who may not have followed this story Quite as closely um, That's part of the reason why You see a lot of people up in arms About some of the different protests and things That are going on in Hong Kong right now uh, Because it, it basically Is pushing them towards a Position of you know, Having their individual power Taken away and having to fall back under Communist rule So Leads us to The situation with Daryl Morey Daryl Morey tweets out last Saturday Fight for freedom Stand with Hong Kong For NBA the business opportunity that sits You know within China right now Basically allows them to boost The NBA salary cap by about 3 million dollars per team Um China is spending a lot of money not only for the NBA and their players to come over to their country and play these games, do promotional events, but they also pay a very, very lot of money um, to be able to allow these games to be shown in China on television broadcast as well. So you can start to understand why the Chinese government may not have been quite fond of Daryl Morey's comments. Shortly after Daryl Morey makes his tweet, Tillman Fertitta, the uh, owner of the Houston Rockets, tweets out, hey, Daryl Morey does not speak for the Houston Rockets organization. We are not a political organization. Pretty sure Daryl Morey was about one more tweet away from getting fired. So fast forward a couple more days. Adam Silver makes his comments to the media. Uh, where he then states that he supports Daryl Morey and his you know, right to uh, freedom of speech you know, and supports all players and NBA employees in that regard. Again, not something that China is too fond of, given that they're not really about this democracy thing. So, causing some issues, Daryl Morey's out here messing up the money for the league. Not the situation you want to be in. Also, Adam Silver in a real peculiar situation just because he had to make those comments while he also then had to fly to China. So a little bit of a sticky situation all around. But basically what this boils down to is the NBA having to make a decision and really look in the mirror and ask themselves, how important is this Chinese money to us? uh china has gone as far as this week during some of the different preseason games and promotional events um canceling media availability for the nba uh, basically as a little bit of a protest of their own and saying that hey you guys are more than welcome to bring a product and a service here to our country but you are not free to comment on our politics um For somebody like myself, who again, taking the politics out of it is just trying to view the situation as a whole, if you are somebody who's in the position running a business and regardless of what your political stance is, anybody who operates under your business as part of your business as an employee, you never want them to put your business at risk regardless of how small or large that risk is just by simply saying something that they did not have to say in the moment Daryl Morey did not have to tweet out his statement granted there's a lot of people that probably would have done the same thing and also feel the same way that Daryl does but in that moment you got to know hey this ain't worth it you just gotta know that this ain't worth it dog we got a lot of bread riding on this and um while you probably would like to stand with the folks of hong kong you also have to understand how this is impacting the country of china as a whole just as there are people who are protesting in the streets and wanting to be able to operate more democratically there are just as many people in china who have been Chinese citizens long enough to say hey, we follow what the government does and that's that. So... Very, very rock and a hard place type of situation for the league. So um, there have been other folks that have come out and, you know, made comments. Coach Pop, you know, Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs says that he appreciates what uh, Adam, Adam Silver had to say in, you know, support of Daryl Morey um, and also said that, you know, he supports the stance. Um, a lot of people apparently went at Steve Kerr on Twitter about this subject. Um, Now, what's touchy about this subject for Steve Kerr is because basically his stance was that, hey, I'm going to take some time to step back, evaluate the situation as a whole before I comment on it. Now, what makes this an interesting situation for Steve Kerr is that I believe his father was killed by police officers in China. So you can see how for him, it's very important to take a step back and and really look at this thing holistically before commenting and just, you know, being in the moment about the situation. So um, a story that is going to continue to evolve now that the preseason games are over in China. Um, Last games actually took place today. Um, Lakers and Nets were the game that I saw the most of, Um, but i leave this believe the philadelphia 76ers also may have played over there as well so lots to follow there the chinese uh government has again you know been pretty quiet on all this outside of their initial statement and the translated statement that came from adam Silver, which apparently was a little bit more apologetic than his english translation so we'll watch that as well but um you know a lot of players within the league do their own events in china a lot of um, you know visibility around teams like the Rockets and the Warriors has come with you know them simply wearing jerseys to acknowledge Chinese heritage and things like that so it's going to be interesting to see how this story plays out long term because again the NBA is still a business and they want to make sure that they're able to expand their business um, to you know every place possible so back to the basketball of all this though. So, and for those of y'all who are just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price, here uh, on the In The Zone Network. We got to see a lot of different preseason action here over the last week or so. Um, just some preseason highlights that I've paid attention to. Zion Williamson is real. It's a bad boy. I So, for those of y'all who don't know, I also... Follow Duke very closely That's a favorite team of mine In the NCAA As a Duke fan I personally can acknowledge We don't have the best track record When it comes to producing NBA talent Okay <laughs> So I'm, I'm gonna keep it honest I'm keeping keep it real about that Duke don't have the best record When it comes to NBA players Of course we can claim the Grant Hills Um eldon brands we can claim jj reddick um cory mcgetty those type of guys now none of those names are extremely glamorous you know we don't have a michael jordan so to speak i mean grant hill is good but he ain't mike let's <laughs> be real um, but we also have the likes of Um, What is it? Like Greg Paulus, John Shire, like guys that never sniffed the lead or even guys like now, like Jaleel Okafor that were, you know, supposed to be, you know, top five talents when it comes to draft status, but then have not produced that way at all in the NBA. So with that being said, my hesitation was like it always is with these players like okay we'll wait and see let's see what Zion actually is Uh, I heard a lot of people compare him to Blake Griffin coming out of school in terms of the hype and you know how his game actually measured up to that Um, But everything that I've seen out of him this preseason has been legitimate. He's been able to get to the basket. Um, He's knocked down some outside shots. They haven't been super consistent, but at the same time, we knew that was a weakness of his game coming into this. Um, He's been able to put up, you know, 20 plus points in just about all, but I believe one of the preseason games so far. So um, now again, I do also understand that it is just preseason, but for somebody that had a lot of question marks around how his game would translate from being such a dominant player at the college level to, you know, stepping up to um, athletes that were more on his level, um, he's definitely starting to silence a lot of that doubt. So, looking forward to seeing a lot of uh, Zion Williamson highlights and things uh, moving forward and what this means for New Orleans now. Um, after trading away a franchise player in Anthony Davis this summer, you now know you have a legitimate building block in Zion to build around for the foreseeable future. So, um, definitely hoping it pans out much better than that Anthony Davis situation did, but uh, nonetheless, the start of it looks like something uh, that the New Orleans Pelicans can actually be happy about. So, yeah. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of them as a whole right now. You got vets like J.J. Reddick, Derek Favors on that roster. You've seen um, some good things out of Liza Ball here uh, this preseason so far. So definitely, um, you know, something to look forward to in New Orleans as they try to rebuild and get past the Anthony Davis era. So uh, speaking of Anthony Davis as a Lakers fan that I am definitely happy to see what he looks like in a Lakers jersey now he did have to exit today's preseason game against the Nets which was a 91-77 loss uh, against Brooklyn had to exit that game with a thumb sprain um so far MRIs x-rays all that coming back negative as far as ligament damage goes so um you know, still need to see what's going to happen as far as his availability to, for the remainder of the preseason, more than likely something where they'll probably just sit him out, put him on ice until the season opener against the Clippers, so... Uh, But you gotta like what you've seen Out of him so far this uh, Preseason playing with a lot of Energy all over the floor Uh, It seemed like every other time that he touched the Ball against the Warriors here last week He was dunking the ball so definitely An encouraging sign for Lakers fans like myself Uh, LeBron James playing with a different level of Energy right now he's diving on the floor For balls in the preseason that's something I haven't seen Out of him in a while Uh, (laughs) So gotta be happy about that His jump shot looks a lot better right now than it has uh, in recent years so I'm excited to see if that's just another wrinkle of his game that he's starting to really um, you know perfect and develop as he gets into the twilight of his career so um, another player that's out here hitting threes Ben Simmons for those of you I'm clapping right now because Ben Simmons you you are making me proud man He finally did it. He finally went out, hit a three-point shot uh, in a preseason game. I forget they were playing another country, and the name of the country escapes me right now. I want to say it's Guatemala, but I may be wrong on that, so those of y'all who are listening can fact-check me. But uh, Ben Simmons hits a three as the time was expiring in the second quarter of that game. Um, If that's something that he really adds to his repertoire, They are going to be a problem, and by they, I mean the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, If he can consistently hit a jump shot, things are going to be very, very dangerous uh, in Philadelphia when you have to see that team because you now have to be able to play up on him Um, you know, in these game situations, you can't just sag off like a lot of teams tried to do last year. So, um, still a lot to, to be seen there. It was just one shot. Um, but if he can start to, to really knock that down at a consistent rate, Philly's going to have a lot of success this year. Um, Steven Adams, also somebody I didn't expect to see hitting threes here the other day. Um, now I think OKC is probably going to be, you know, a lottery team, but, for a team that needs to create some cap space and things like that, definitely in their favor to see a guy like Steven Adams, who, you know whose value may have gone down here over the last couple years, see him doing things like stepping out and hitting three-point jump shots. So it uh, may make him a more tradable piece when that time comes. Um, you've also got another big man, Chris Stapps Porzingis, back in action now for Dallas, um, you know, showing that he's healthy, hitting step back jump shots and things like that, and he looks really good as well. Um, definitely excited to see what happens with him um, and uh, Luka Doncic down in Dallas this season. Um, one of the last players that I'm going to touch on here: Greek Freak out in Milwaukee. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm going to go ahead and put the statement out here now. Giannis is going to repeat his MVP. And the reason I say that is I don't think Milwaukee, from a talent standpoint, is quite the same as they were last year. But everything that I've seen out of Giannis so far this preseason shows me that he's actually going to go up a level which I didn't think was possible, but he's at a point now where he's starting to pull up for jump shots. He's, you know, taking more guys off the dribble and doing things like that Um, and also doing a lot more movement off the ball from what I've seen in the preseason. So that tells me that he's dialed in and really, you know, taking that loss in the conference finals last year personally. Um, So I'm excited to see what he does in that quest to repeat uh, as MVP next year. Um, now, going, doubling back to the Pelicans for a second, the point that I wanted to also touch on, uh, Lonzo got to do something about these free throws, right? He, you know, again, jump shot looks a whole lot better. Is he actually going to start hitting free throws this season is a very big question. Um, and, you know, he actually went on the record the other day uh some comments and i want to touch on a little bit later um... In the podcast, talking about his younger brother, but uh, if Lamelo can do it, you can do it too. Lazo. That's the that's the that's the message I'm going to leave you with, my brother. So, um, going ahead again um, for preseason highlights, and again for those of y'all who are just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Josh Price. Um, Kawhi Leonard made his Clippers debut here uh, the other night for um, LA look really good as well i'm not sure yet when we're going to see paul george for the clippers uh, still nursing the shoulder injuries that he had surgery on this offseason um looking like they are anticipating that he's going to be out probably the entire month of october but back uh to start the month of november so we probably won't see him open tonight but um, for somebody like me that's not necessarily a problem so last but not least, as far as the preseason highlights and and some of the things that I've watched go, um, Golden State Warriors, in a weird way, I think they can still be good this year, but I saw some things in watching them so far this preseason that gave me a little bit of pause on my initial assumption that they were just going to kind of be able to ride this out a little bit without Clay and then just kind of hit the ground running when he comes back. Um, Their problem is going to be size. Um, And there are a lot of teams in the league so far this year. If you look at like Milwaukee, Philly in the East, the Lakers, um, even if you want to throw like the Nuggets in there who still have Jokic and Plumlee and the guys that they can throw out there. Teams that present not only big front lines, but can play bigger guards are going to give them. A whole lot of problems this year because of the fact that they don't have Clay at least probably up until the all star break and maybe even longer, depending on um, how his ACL responds. So, you've got that tandem of D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry now, who you know can play very well off of each other because they both do very well with the balls in their hands as well as off the ball. But the problem is, and we saw it against the Lakers when you can throw a guy like Danny Green's size on Steph and on D'Angelo Russell all game, um, that becomes a big problem for them. Uh, so going to be real interested to see how they handle that moving forward. Do they try to make another move for a wing or, you know, what happens, but that's something that has me a little bit lower on them at this point than I was, uh, maybe to start the off season. So, um, Moving into one kind of last topic that I want to hit on today. Um, Rich Paul recently did an interview with Dave McMinniman, who works for ESPN, um, and has some comments on his client, Anthony Davis, and kind of his outlook for Anthony Davis and the Lakers this upcoming season. The most interesting part to me about what was reported, anyway. Um, he made a comment that basically said that um, Anthony Davis and kind of how he plays his game, he would take Anthony Davis as being a better player right now than Giannis, who was last year's MVP. Um, also, took that a step further and said, you know, if you replace Giannis with Anthony Davis on last year's Milwaukee Bucks, that is the final team. Let that marinate for a second. Now, I am as big of a believer in Anthony Davis as anybody is, partly because my rooting interest is a little bit more invested in Anthony Davis now than it has been before. But the comment is so fascinating to me because of the fact that if you think about how that Milwaukee team is constructed and was even constructed last year, there's a point that can, or I guess, yeah, a point that could be made that, in a way, Anthony Davis fits what they needed against Toronto a little bit more than what Giannis did, Um, you know, causes a little bit more matchup problems, does a little bit uh, more at the rim defensively or kind of stays around the rim a little bit more defensively than what Giannis is able to do when he's guarding guys like Kawhi Leonard. Um, But I'm just not sure that that's a simple thing that you can say in fact that okay you just replace Giannis with AD that you know everything changes Uh, because you were also on the other side of the court from a real bad man Kawhi Leonard last year that seemed pretty dead set on making sure that he got his team uh, you know to the NBA finals so um, other thing that makes this comment very interesting to me um, is that you could very well look up at the end of the playoffs and be watching a lakers versus bucks nba finals i'm really hoping that out of all the matchups we could potentially get that's the one that happens because of a comment like this and how that might drive a player like Giannis to play at his highest level not only because it's the finals but anytime you have that bulletin board type of material that's a little bit of you know a fire up you. so um interested to see how how that motivates a guy like Giannis um, because all the indications are that he still does pay attention to uh, things like that from the media so um, comment that I thought was you know particularly fascinating because me personally I don't know that I would have you know said that just by replacing Giannis You know You're able to go ahead And make that move To the finals Because I I think It's almost a wash As far as Those players being as good as each other Um Their games are different But They have the same Type of impact Anytime that they're On the court So Um Before we get out of here, though, definitely have to give a major, major shout out to the Washington Mystics of the WNBA, uh, wrapping up a WNBA championship in five games over uh, Connecticut Sun uh, here the other night. Uh, Elena Deladon, of course, league MVP, fantastic performance. Um, Messerman, I'm probably pronouncing her last name completely wrong, but uh, finals MVP, hell of a game that she played, um, I believe, first WNBA Finals MVP ever to come off of the bench for all five games. So, lets you know the type of impact that she had. Um, also, big shout-out to John Quayle Jones of the Connecticut Sun. Hell of a player. Had a hell of a series um, throughout. Um, and, you know, big, big series and a big, big season here this past year for the WNBA is they got a lot more exposure and a lot more um, attention towards that league that's, you know definitely well deserved and overdue at this point uh, for what they do so shout out to the Washington Mystics uh, for their championship here this season so um, as we look to wrap up like I said we're about 10 days away from the start of the NBA season um, I am actually going to give you guys here Before the season starts, my very own NBA power rankings as I see them going into the season. Um, So what will probably happen is that may come out before um, you hear from us on the podcast again so that we can talk about that uh, the next time that you do hear from us. But until then, shout out to my man Arlington A-Train Lane, best producer in the world, handling everything on the production side. This is your host, Josh Price of the Price Check Podcast. Check it out.